We're back. You're back. Everyone's back. It's great to be back. Yeah. And we're excited. And we're the hosts of a show called These Are Bad Movies. I'm Amy Bell. And I'm Amanda Ferriante. And this week we are going to be watching Interview with a Vampire. This should be really fun. Maybe. Well, you indicated, like, mixed feelings. Okay, so I read uh, most of the original, like, interview with the the Vampire Chronicles trilogy when Mm. I was, like, a teenager. Um, I enjoyed Queen of the Damned. Uh, I feel like Interview with the Vampire was didn't really fit into the storyline as well. Like, it's not the one I would have picked to make the movie about. And in fact, they did make Queen of the Damned mm. uh, right before Aaliyah died. Right before who died? Aaliyah. She was a pop singer, big star, and she starred in that movie and then died in a plane crash shortly after. Okay. Yeah. So, I... Um, also get confused because at the time of the Vampire Chronicles, that was a trilogy at the time. I was also trying to read the Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. which I definitely didn't like uh, or was able to get through at all. Um, and then later on, I've read Anne Rice's uh, Exit to Eden. Yes, we've which discussed Which is just this. a whole different book. Yes. That is a... Well... And the concept of recent events seems a little bit Jeffrey Epstein. It's a sex island. Yes. We we have off mic discussed this work yes. of fiction <laughs> yes. before. But still in the context of the podcast, because there was a movie, right? Yes. Yes. That I haven't seen. But you've heard of. I've heard of it. It's a it's it's a BDSM movie and it stars Rosie O'Donnell. Right. Isn't there like a whip? Doesn't Rosie like, isn't like she, we talked about this after watching Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Anne Rice's work that everybody really knew and loved was very um, sexual, mm. a little bit gothic. Mm. Uh, but like, she also had some work that was classified under Christian fiction and like there was a book about how she had decided not to deal in these demonic ways anymore and stuff like that and it was very um v- a very big turnaround yes for her uh I, I never read those works but you've seen interview with a vampire before i have seen interview with a vampire before was it in theaters perhaps i don't remember if i saw it in theaters or not uh, it might have been at a time when I wasn't allowed to watch movies like this, mm. but I, of course, did anyway. Like, come it's, on. It's vampires. Yeah. Like, even without the internet to age you, um, kids were able to find whatever media they wanted to. Yeah. Um, well, and, and big actors, even uh-huh. then, like, it would have been a pretty hot movie. It was a pretty hot movie. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, I think... Like later on, like this, like one of the like Anne Rice started having problems with mm-hmm. what what she actually wrote here, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Like that's an interesting subject to to yeah, breach. Yeah, the the author is very much alive and litigious. No, she's not. But it, 
as opposed to the author's dead. Oh. Yeah. Like that. Oh, oh, the opposite. Yes. You were saying the opposite thing. Yes. <laughs> she is no longer with us. And also was incredibly litigious later on in her career. Was she? Yes. That's not what I was talking about. Well, it's how I'm familiar with Anne Rice. Okay, so how are you familiar with Anne Rice? Anne Rice has had an uns... Well, not unspeakably, but like a significant impact on uh, transformative works, specifically written fan fiction. Okay. Um, And since her death, it's been really fun seeing the online response (laughs) oh no because well so for example um well like she's the reason that largely that when i was doing my little stories as a teenager about like the ninja turtles or whatever i was putting disclaimers at the beginning of everything I wrote saying I don't own any of these characters they belong to this specific entity oh wow and it's because disclaimers uh were a huge norm of of these online authors playing in other people's sandboxes not making any money off of it yeah um but they were getting sued by Anne Rice (laughs) oh my gosh so now um, and that that's part of the reason why, um, like people will exchange fan works for, to raise money for charity or, or, or what have you, but you can't, um, make any kind of money off of it, obviously. Right. Right. And, um, the, like the premier online archive of this is very specifically a nonprofit and has a large legal team to, basically combat Anne Rice's <laughs> for their user base. Oh my word. Yes. And so since the news of her passing, um, works that before would have only been shared like in person or on closed forums or whatever are now available for anybody. And th- they were things that were written 25 years ago oh and, and just word. been in the dark because Anne Rice in particular. Oh my word. Yes. And so now like the, these old stories, like th- there's a whole community around fan work, right? See, I've always felt Anne Rice was weird. Mm. And and I didn't even get into this, but like uh the story that you're saying, but mm-hmm. like reading uh the Vampire Chronicles, like there was just something that was like, huh. And and when I've read uh, her other works, it's just been like okay and and she's been like this really beloved writer mm-hmm. and except then, to the fan work community right 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 um like her name is like she is a is, is like the monster under the bed oh wow <laughs> yes wow yes well and to me even the work that came later that she did the kind of like uh, it wasn't even Christian fiction. She was writing like devotional type stuff. Mm. And it seemed very like um, judgmental of people that enjoyed her own previous work. Yes. And it's because like it, it, she's just me- she was just messed up. The way I've, I've seen it discussed online by people who are, are closer to it than me because they're actual fans of her work. 
Yeah. Right? Um, like, she's not suing... She's not going to sue me over the Ninja Turtles. She has no claim to the right, Ninja right, Turtles. Right. But there, there were certain popular uh, literature or movies or what have you that is like, you don't share anything you've done on this material because those people and groups in particular will hunt you down. Right? Mm. Like, it's not Ninja so Turtles that's going to get like you. they were doing, like, the Vampire Lestat fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's some other authors, but they're not even as notorious as Anne Rice on this. Mm. And so... It's like, read the room. Well, so my understanding is that the reason she's in particular, that is a hawk. That is a bird of prey up there. Do you see it? Oh, do you see it flying? Okay. <laughs> Squirrel. Amanda. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't seen that kind of bird around here. And it's not the, it's not like the ones you see on the highway either. Like that one was big. Anyway, Sorry. Anne Rice. So yeah, Anne Rice in particular. So the the context I have around this is like initially in her stories there there were those and I don't know from reading them and and I haven't read these accounts recently, but like yeah. the the room for in queer interpretation. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Which um later on um she very explicitly like word of god about her own works was like no that's not there and that was a big contributing factor in her being against fan work because people were still picking up on that and making it a little gay Mm -hmm. and she didn't like that yeah so like wow so like that also played into it. You know, she's just always given me icky vibes. Um, because uh, I've also read... Um, double check the name on this yeah. one, okay? Well, so the particular image going around with the like, yay, she's gone, the Wicked Witch is gone um, online is a screenshot of one of these um bits of fan fiction that has come to the surface since her death which is backdated to when it was first written and the title is Pew Anne Rice <laughs> okay so she wrote under uh, the the pen name mm. A N Rockular I can't pronounce Frenchy things mm. um, she wrote the Sleeping Beauty trilogy which, um, <laughs> that book is the reason why I laughed when sa- people said that Fifty Shades of Grey was inappropriate in its uh, depictions of BDSM. Yeah, well, I'm like, Sleeping uh, Beauty, she's asleep, y'all. <laughs> like, Yeah, that, c- that, that portion of the book is like the first three pages, oh. and then the rest of it is like this elaborate like medieval sex slavery okay. story. So she does wake up, like... Immediately. Oh, well, then, like, why pick that story to write your sex slave stuff if you're not going to incorporate it? And That's just lazy authorship. It's just very, like, all the rape. Yeah. So much rape uh, in a way that, like, other books have not. And it's... That is also the seminal erotica. Mm. Like, it's one of the, like, classic works of erotic fiction. I thought, like, the one was, like, about... Beauty and the Beast or something. No. Okay. It no, is... it's the Sleeping Beauty trilogy. Okay. And it was written by Anne Rice under mm-hmm. a pseudonym. Okay. Yeah. So she's uh 
she she has a reputation i think maybe the reason she didn't like the idea of doing uh, fan fiction is because if you look at stephanie meyer writing twilight had stephanie meyer decided to like write twilight and then write write smutty twilight herself mm. that would be like anne rice <laughs> yeah but this was way before yes it was yeah but like, you know she did she wrote she wrote um you know classic smut i imagine a lot of fan fiction is is, is getting inspired by her original smut too whether they know it or not yes because so much of it is smut uh-huh well and speaking of smut should we watch this movie <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just a little bit maybe yeah because we could do the show without watching the movie it sounds like yeah we have a lot of things to talk about just about Anne Rice yes um and I I've honestly forgotten a lot of what goes on in this movie it's a lot of just like sad people being sad <laughs> I I watched it in 2018 that's that's the general feeling I have coming into it yes and even with the movie poster and whatnot they're just sad <laughs> All right. Well, before we, we before we uh, watch this movie, though. Yeah. While we watch the movie, you should get on our social medias and like engage. Yeah. These are bad movies on Facebook. These are bad movies on Instagram at these underscore bad on Twitter. Yeah. And leave reviews and say hello. And yeah, we'll talk to you. Definitely. Yeah. We love talking to people. So come join us. We're going to watch this movie. Yeah. All right, we're back. That you know, I feel like I have the same response every time we watch one of these movies, which is to say, that sure was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been so far. <laughs> it it is kind of amazing. Like part of what was going through my mind watching it was like, this was a major blockbuster. I know with really big names. Yes. And I and they were very, very taking themselves very, very seriously in a way that I just don't think I don't see a lot of n new movies take themselves as seriously as this one. Or or when they do. Uh, they 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 uh, they don't stick with the public consciousness. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I was good. Like there were moments where I was going, I didn't realize Brad Pitt was a bad actor. Yo, so right? have you ever seen Meet Joe Black? Yes, but it's been a long time. Same level of acting in both, like, to the point of, like, not moving the mouth very much. I just remember at one point he was really upset and he threw himself against a wall in a big arm flailing circle. Yes. That was straight out of, like, the melodrama theater. The entire thing was melodrama. 100%. Yeah. This was a melodrama. Yeah, but movies as melodramas, especially that are taking themselves seriously, there's just something that's going, why is this happening? But also it's vampires. So yeah. So, like, that's an extra level of absurdity. Yes. Right? Like, I've seen... But it's not meant to be an absurd movie. No. It's, it was a blockbuster. It's, it's like a deep dive into grief and loss, but just you can't and mortality take it, and take mortality. it from these people yeah, yeah like uh -huh. it's like get over yourself yeah 
<laughs> like you see where the attempt is made and you go nah no thanks yeah i know for sure the books were better but also i wasn't the biggest fan of the books yeah right the like, smut the must have been real good i don't think there was much smut in them and like what they like this is a rated r movie it's not a porno right like that's one of the things we discussed with 50 shades of gray is like the line between there wasn't really much sex at all in it no but what sensuality there was Mm -hmm. was like again i don't know who that's for right it's like it's like with uh reversal of fortune all the the wrist to shoulder groping contact that's like throwing these women into ecstasy. It's like And what Amanda's who, referring to with Reversal of Fortune is the guest appearance we did on our friend podcast Bad Takes. Yes. That you can listen to. And watch our beautiful smiling faces. Because we did video. As we just like react as any like there's no other way to respond to that movie i'm sorry yeah yeah. but like like who is this designed to titillate yeah because uh no matter which way you turned there was always just a patina of pedophilia and also um voyeurism yeah and just like Again, with the shoulders, it's like talking about erogenous zones. The top of the list is shoulders, according to some really weird movies. It's like, I've breathed on your neck for a millisecond, and you're next to see. Just you wait. <laughs> like, this, it, it boggles my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I it, and yet. Hey, don't do that. I'll turn. I'll get turned on, Amy. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> it's very iconic. It is incredibly <laughs> iconic. So this is my second time watching it, uh-huh. and the fr- I remembered it a lot more positively because I watched it directly after watching Children of the Corn. <laughs> okay. Okay. So by degrees. Yes. Yes. Not having that preface <laughs> this time. Right. It was mostly just like choices. Yeah, I guess that is one way to tell a quote unquote story. Yeah. But also extreme fabric envy. Yeah. So um, I think it it's really interesting going back to what we discussed before the movie mm. and like the litigious nature of Anne Rice and whatnot. Um this series is a lot of where we get our modern rules of vampirism right like that was also like that was the other satisfying bit of watching this a second time around yeah and also what we do in the shadows the tv show Uh uh-huh plays off it chef's kiss yeah it's a good show wonderfully yeah right it's comedy like it it takes the vampire and it's like like even to this the 
the the thespian vampires yes like yes <laughs> yes it's like they're bad actors people oh, yeah. you can hardly <laughs> there's hardly a scene in this that doesn't uh hearken to some other piece of media i mean when they went into the uh like coven of the uh vampires mm. in uh paris yeah yeah it's very much like oh this is the dark brotherhood well, I you know it's got Skyrim like Skyrim. It made me it. appreciate Twilight more. Yeah, I was like, actually, I can get behind the Twilight vampire interpretation. Like, I'm okay with that version of vampire, even if I'm not like okay with the quality of writing or the story. Yeah, because like, they had the vegetarian. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, actually, thing. yeah, I get this. Uh, they they also the. Um, the ban on child vampires mm-hmm. yes uh-huh yes and then you have like the thralls see what i remember about the book though mm. and this is why the whole movie also had a patina of pedophilia is mm. because in the books it is more erotic mm. and there is a lot more discussion about like this is a grown woman in it, a child's yes. body who has needs and it's just very like Oh God! Why are we watching a movie about that? It was a lot. Uh, do we want to cover the prof, the plot? Yeah. Um, I don't think the plot is very engaging in this movie. It's not particularly important. Yeah. It it's basically like, uh, Louis is turned into a vampire by Lestat. While he's a slave-owning plantation master in New in Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, he realizes what- he's evil after he becomes a vampire. But apparently, like, never thought twice about having slaves and like a lot of them, and freed them so he wouldn't eat them because. They were going to light the house on fire. Good guy or something? I don't even but also know. Like, pra- I, like, what was the freaking message with the, like, I'm going to free the slaves so I don't eat them? I think it was more about, so like, avoiding revolt. Like, I think it was more about, like, avoiding death by slave. Maybe. Because. I don't know. I don't, like, it was just such weird. Like, right off the bat, it was like, okay, so... This has Gone with the Wind vibes. I haven't ever seen it. Well, it's got the like romantic notion. It's literally a plantation. Antebellum. Yes. South. Yes. That very much. Like every time they go back, he's like, ah, the airs is my home. Yeah. yeah. It smells like this exotic people that I was okay owning. Yes. Yes. And eating a disproportionate amount of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, very nostalgic for whatever that was we just saw. Mm-hmm. Anyway. There's lots of boobs. They time jump um, because vampires live a long time and it's very boring, apparently. And they, you know, Louis is still having an existential crisis and... Meets a young girl mm-hmm. whose mother has just died of the plague. But he's really, really hungry because he's just been drinking 
rat juice pouches. <laughs> she is like juicing rats and it, with deadpan serious eyes. Like this. Like, like this is my like, Oscar drive. Like if he rat juicy. If he could <laughs> stick one of those Capri Sun straws into the neck of a rat and just walk around with one and a spare in his fanny pack, like. So, um, the vampire Lestat who turned him is, uh, out of control, almost like. Charlie Sheen circa 2013 type of whoa like, that's a comparison yeah wow like he's just living his life he's winning. and everybody else thinks it's a little extra but he's having a good time he's winning yeah uh so he barges in because he's just been following Louis for whatever reason that's not explained to just harangue him most yeah. likely yeah and to just like throw a manic episode like parody well and as you said while we were watching it baby trap Louie. yeah and he turns the little girl into a vampire and seriously baby traps Louie because Louie was really unhappy well and, Louis, and now they've got a child together in, in particular like now i want to point everybody back to what we already talked about which was Anne rice insisted there was no content indicating that there was a uh, male-to-male romantic relationship. Well, and that and that's the the author is alive and is going to sue you. Like, like yeah, the the little girl child witch wench is like Armand wants you as his life partner, and it's like yo, even the baby's saying it. Yeah, so. Uh, they they change the girl. The girl is uh, a child for a while and well, out of control. And and why it works to baby trap Louie is the reason he was like shacking up with Lestat in the first place, even as a human, is he was like, I welcome death. My wife and child died a couple months ago. I'm done. And so like new child, yeah, new lease on life. Yeah. Um. But as she grows and is quite bloodthirsty and ruthless, um, she has a, um, a, a an adult's mind Ish. in a, a child's body. Um, and she's really unhappy. I wouldn't really say ish, like, because they kind of try to make it look like it's a temper tantrum. But really, like, if you saw an adult woman getting that mad over what was happening, it would be different. And I thought Kirsten Dunst played that role really well. Like, the only good actor was Kirsten Dunst. The reason I say ish is because of, like, the the vampire... rule of like you are stuck at the age you're stuck at and like the implied semi-insanity and feralness of like vampires turned too young right like that's why i say ish like none of the adult vampires were hanging on to corpses as keepsakes right yeah like it's implied at least that she's not going to be able to get it fully together like she's impotent as a vampire 
incapable of, of turning others and reproducing that way and um is said by armand that she requires a caretaker which is why yeah but i took the requirement for a caretaker to mean that she couldn't be on her own because she would be found out because a, a, someone who looked like her would not be coded as someone who should be on their own and would draw too well, much attention well what it was is the the carelessness and the dunce's character being careless and subject to whim in the amount and circumstances of her killings yeah but again in the books okay she was very much more depicted as having an adult's mind and a child's body yeah that didn't come through here and yeah i I think it's normal under that circumstance in imaginary scenario like at a certain point, kids do get excited to grow up. Uh huh. And she knows it's not going to come. Yep. Right. Yeah. And and like some of that's just the psychological impact on her. I don't know. Either way, the whole like the whole thing is very sensual. All of but Anne, in the weirdest ways. in the weirdest ways. Like, all of but all of Anne Rice's work prior to going. Uh, faith oriented Mm. were very sensual so like the child presence and it wasn't the only child either like like there's a lot of eye sex and at one point the eye sex is had with the kid yeah it's really weird it's very creepy it is an icky icky movie yes while being horribly scored (laughs) oh just the most ridiculous like over the top, There's like, like of orchestral <laughs> tympanic buildups of like vampire shenanigans. Like it's not even music you associate with Mm-mm. like the era they're trying Mm-mm. to portray. I, I mean, it's just like surprise vampire, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> but like every couple seconds, even I know the music was overwhelmingly terrible. Yes, the 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 shots. The acting choices, <laughs> like oh. the thing I was most okay with, was the wardrobe. Which the, the it, hair was lovely. So, okay, some it's like that was blow dried and very nice conditioner. Yeah, they've all had wonderful blowouts. Yes, very much of its time. Yeah, gorgeous. But yeah, <laughs> like I, it doesn't have a traditional plot. No. At all. No. It we is- didn't even finish the plot, Amanda. Well, it's, it doesn't really qualify in the traditional sense. It's it's basically like long-form memoir of like, and that's why I was sad that decade. Yeah. So, Claudia and Louis, Claudia is the child vampire, grow tired of Lestat and his perpetual 2013 Charlie Sheen. He's just mentality. Like, he can't chill. And they wander the world looking for others of their kind. And then they land in Paris, which they went to real late for reasons, even though they knew that Lestat came from Paris. But okay. Um, seemed like a good place to start your contact tracing. But I digress. Uh- <laughs> Contact tracing being particularly funny if you consider vampire a disease. Yes. Yes. Um, 
and of course there's a whole bunch of them in france in paris uh they meet them and they're weird they have oh, a my word. theater where they do weird theater <sighs> that people watch them eat people and don't realize that it's actually uh like a murder but being done but also it's not tasteful so they're just kind of like that was not very good no like they leave and it's just like i'm not getting season tickets yeah but they don't notice that a murder happened either. It's just... They're more just like, that was the choice. Like, I didn't realize this play had nudity. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they get to talking to these other vampires. They meet the older vampire, Armand. Armand informs them that killing another vampire is the worst thing you can ever do. And, and they... he's the oldest living vampire at 400. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, you're vampire lore. Like, no mention of Cain. What is this? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. So they figured out that uh, Claudia has murdered Lestat. Yes. Which is a crime. So they're going to kill her. Lestat's not dead, by the way. No. Which you never actually get any indication that he was. So It's just they keep trying, but not very well. Yeah. And... Maybe that's Lestat's power. So they come and they take Claudia, who's just had Louis transform a a human woman into a vampire to act as her mother. So Uh, Louis can stay with Amon. Yeah, and so that Claudia can go her own way because she can't be alone because she's a child. Yes. And they immediately, like, right after she turns this woman, they immediately burst in and they're like, ha ha, we're going to kill you and this random woman. After an on-the-mouth kiss. Mm-hmm. between Louis and Claudia. Yes. Again, creepy. Um, and they sentence them to death by exposure. They throw them in like a well and let the sun do its job. And then they let Louis go. After a ca- casket of... of uh, it's an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. Casket, you know, being bricked up in a wine cellar. They do that to him. The TikTok heart? No, 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 no. Different one. one Different one. It's just some... some No. I know which one it is. Yeah. It's some winers. Vinters. It's some vinters. Whatever it is. Vintners. Mm -hmm. I got close. Mm -hmm. Um, Who just like, one of them is like, I don't like this dude hey come try my special wine called death <laughs> like yes bears i am familiar yeah, with yeah, it. yeah yeah it's not the telltale heart yeah but he walls him in yeah and uh but then breaks him out for reasons timing that he's special for reasons i think he like worked it out like made it okay with the group because no one went after louis after that like he like was like yeah. come on guys but then Louis decided that he wanted revenge and killed all of them. But the leader who, again, he likes, even though the leader was the one who did it. I don't even know. To be fair, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, it seemed like they were attracted to each other. But again, Anne Rice says they weren't. Uh, not what you would see if you watched it. Or read it. Or read it, actually. Um, it was an after the fact. But, you know, he doesn't want to stay with Armand and he goes back to New Orleans uh, where he finds Lestat and wanders off again and then that's the end of the interview 
the whole thing was an interview i forgot with it's christian slater with, yeah and christian slater's like oh that can't be it make me a vampire yeah and then he's like oh you mean like this and then christian slater's like never mind that's scary and runs off and drives away as fast as he can and then lestat like grabs him from the back seat and bites him and then like and don't worry we're friends and in the meantime on this like red corvette's cassette, it was mustang whatever it was yes car mustang red car red mustang there's the cassette tape playing the interview of louis and lestat's like this guy he won't shut up yeah <laughs> like yeah and then they drive off into the night to the tunes of a really bizarre cover of the rolling stones was it a cover oh yes it was a okay. cover okay yeah i was more just caught up in the lyrics it was it was sympathy for the devil it was, it was a really poor cover it was really weird yes um and it's like okay lestat you don't know what a light bulb is you're telling me you're driving this car <laughs> across this, like rotting frilly across the golden gate bridge they were in new orleans still no no it was the golden gate bridge and also the end credits thanked new orleans and san francisco oh weird okay that didn't even like they didn't even cover that being there no and it was at night so it was hard to tell yes because it was it, it had the blue filter, so it lo didn't look particularly orange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, not much plot. Mm. Really disturbing subject matters. Yes. And While handled with the most camp. Yes. And one of the most enduring and lasting, iconic... Moments of, of kind of like that, and and supernatural lore in general. Yes, um, it's very fun. Video games uh, are, are have yeah. been modeled after it. Um, all, all of this vampire lore coming after it has at least um, played within the ballpark of the yes. parameters set here. Although I didn't, so like I didn't like that they left out like Kane or Lilith or whoever, like. I like the ye olden time original vampire kind of details. And also, none of the counting stuff. Like, the compulsion to count. Which mm -hmm. is where we get the count on Sesame Street. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they left out two of the big fun ones for me. Yeah. So, disappointed. Yeah, but still, like... Just the idea yeah, like, that a vampire has a like, special power. Like the glowing eyes, the special power in particular mm -hmm. was very like, okay, Twilight. And the reading. It's yeah. like, okay, Twilight. Yep. Okay, yep. Twilight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, woof. What a movie. <laughs> the fabrics, though. Oh, they were lovely. Luxurious. It, it's almost, though... I, I'm almost overwhelmed by how problematic the movie is. It's so much. Um, it, it's it's overwhelming, and I'm just a little bit stunned that this is what was latched mm. on to. Mm. Um, yeah, I forgot the levitating vampire drink sex scene three minutes in. Yeah, like. That's pretty. That's a pretty big deal, and I'd completely forgotten about it. 
yeah it it just was it was all over the place i felt i felt the books rambled too Mm. um and then like when you move from book to book apparently interview with the vampire is the only one where louis is seen as like a protagonist Mm. at all Mm. and like the next book it's completely sympathetic to Lestat and another book is completely sympathetic to Armand. Yeah, I yeah. mean like there's no continuity. Like it's just a memoir of a different dude. Yeah. A memoir of this dude. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm. it's really I don't know. And the world building I just found confusing. I couldn't follow. Right. Um So like with the special powers, it's unclear what anyone's is except for the guy who can walk up walls and the mind reader like he can do both he can walk up walls and he can read minds it's like okay i don't know about this powers rule but if i had to speculate uh-huh. i would say that lestat just lestat could read minds could he yes well that was the mind reader no 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 the mind reader no, he was reading minds right at the beginning, like right when they first met him. Oh, he did try. He did say, can you read her, try to read her mind? I don't know if that, that means he was reading her mind. Yeah. But like he had known a guy who could read minds, who was also the guy who could like ballet flitter up walls and stuff for reasons. Mm-hmm. But like my theory is Lestat just could not die. Mm-hmm. And Louis was at least fire resistant. <laughs> Yeah. Like, if I, my best guess at their, like, secret vampire powers, that's what I'm voting. Yeah, because Louis set a lot of fires for one who should be and more afraid of them. And hang out in the fires. Yeah, go deep into a house and set every room on fire. And, and like, walk... The first fire he set, he lit the bottom floor on fire and then went upstairs to set more fires. No, no. And then came back and downstairs. Like, that part's the death wish, 100%. Yeah. However, like, you, there's a... Sh- shot at least one of him walking through a wall of flame not a singe or a bit of smoke coming off this dude Uh, it is overwhelmingly bad it is so much and so central Mm -hmm. to so much media it is one of the big vampire movies Uh, it's 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 uh special (laughs) it's 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 a lot i mean i i i can't even imagine getting the green light to make a movie that had that much um pedophilia implications it happens clearly but like now i like Mm. right now i just Somebody would look at that and go, the child giving the grown man Tom Cruise, even, Mm. you know, two twin blonde haired boys. And he's like, for me? As a makeup present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so creepy. It was a lot. Although the dead man's blood thing. Yes, I forgot about that. I did not catch that the first time around. I'm like, yes, dead man's blood. Love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the vampire bits. Yeah. Um, But I will say this. Okay. There was one of the Transformers sequels uh-huh. <laughs> that did get particularly skeevy in in the pedophilia region for me. Really? Yes. Okay. It was one of it was one of the uh, Marky Mark ones. Uh huh. And there was like some teenage girl wandering around, and like the discussion of the teenage girl, like ten minutes into the movie. Teenagers though, 
teenagers um yeah that's a discussion to have i'm not saying don't have that discussion yeah but these are like nine-year-olds yes yes like but way different but like that's a michael bay film right yeah yeah. like yeah. you get into yeah. some like art house stuff i'm sure like this is the kind of pedophilia that even your uh, garden variety libertarian would recognize as pedophilia yeah but that's not gonna like you know stop a libertarian Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a point you could make okay <laughs> like if they're really committed to their belief system libertarians make a lot of arguments about they're not the age of consent not being yeah a thing yeah um but even that still like nobody's i think this conversation isn't about nine-year-olds and this movie is that's where like that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The depth of I, depravity I'm, here. I'm just saying, just because I can't think of a movie uh-huh. doesn't make me think it's not out there. That's true. Right? Yeah. Like, particularly Art House, where you can get into more than Michael okay, Bay again, would. Again, this was still a major release. Yeah, no, it's, it's 100% Bazaar. Major actors. Yes, but would they do it again today? I don't know. I don't. I'd like to think not. Let's take a moment to like project positivity into the world. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anne Rice died. Oh, we're saying things in this episode. And people are now free to make whatever this was a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm so excited for our next episode. Because I think it dovetails so nicely with this one and like arthurial intent and all that kind of stuff. Like, and lasting cultural impact. Like I am so yeah. psyched. Yeah. All right. Uh, Amanda, do you have an Ubrick rating? Oh, yowza. Ugh. Yikes. <laughs> cool shirt. <laughs> what about you, Amy? My Ubrick honestly stems from the delight I felt at when the end credits hit and the movie was finally over and I looked over <laughs> and saw Amanda's face <laughs> that was just like bewilderment. Can you believe this? Sh- yeah, <laughs> it was... <laughs> That was delightful. And like my like in the moment feeling was just like <laughs> yes, we we apparently watched that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amanda, we uh, did. Well but the sympathy- Close your mouth, you'll catch flies. <laughs> the sympathy for the devil and just like Tom oh, Cruise so losing it with his stupid blonde hair. Yeah. And the red Mustang. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. After that movie. Yeah. Like, it was two different movies. It yep. took the ending from a different movie and was like, no, this makes sense, y'all. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. sure, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, just want to remind everyone that we're professionals. Don't watch these at home. Ta-da!